And it's the Jim Eskimen Podcast. Thanks for listening. Uh, it's the uh, 12th of September, 2016. Start a 12th September, 2016. Again, any time I say 2016 or this year, it seems to strike me as being very science fiction-y. Uh, in any case, I'm in Fargo tonight, uh, Fargo, North Dakota, which is right up there in the top of the Middle West. And uh, it's a very interesting little trip, very short trip to do my Jim Pression show, which I did tonight for the North Dakota Grocers Association and a company called uh, Super Value. Uh, and uh, very, uh, well, I'll, I'll tell you, I wanted to tell you about this. That's why I'm, I'm doing a podcast from my hotel room, which I don't normally do. But I was hired to do uh, impressions, do an impression show, which I, you know I haven't been doing very often. So it was a little bit, I won't say panicky, but I, I had to definitely put some attention on you know, getting the material back on its feet and uh, trimming out stuff that was no longer very current and all that stuff and uh, taking my awful blue suit out of out of mothballs. Actually, I think a moth, if it bit into my blue Jimpressions costume, might get some kind of uh, terrible reaction. I, I think it would not be good for a moth to do that. It's, it's made of such a high-tech fabric that, you know, you can stick it in a wad in a suitcase. One of the reasons why I love it, you could mash it all up and... Uh, like dirty laundry, and it would still come out looking just as crisp as the moment you put it in. And there's something wrong. Nature doesn't do that. But but mankind and synthetic fabrics do very well. In any case, it's been a long time since I took that out of the hypothetical mothballs and uh, flew out here uh, to do the show. It went very well tonight, uh, from my point of view. Uh, very quiet audience in a lot of ways. The people from North Dakota are a bit of a reserved crowd. And, uh, you know, of course, any comedian or impressionist like myself who is going for a lot of laughs is going to call a, a relatively quiet crowd, a reserved crowd, as opposed to saying something really rude, uh, but in, in his own best interests and, uh, and so forth, definitely have some prejudice uh, towards myself along that line because, well, you know, I've tried out a lot of this material and I know how uh, excited and how satisfied an audience can be, particularly if they're uh, so inclined, and and here culturally, uh, and I didn't you know spend enough time here to really get to know many people, but um, culturally, people are a little more uh, yeah, well. I, I guess they're not uh, not as effusive. I guess that's the word you use, and uh, maybe they're not too uh, uh, comfortable with people uh, you know laughing in public and uh, uh, making a big uh, hoo ha about things when uh, you're really you know it's it's not all that special. So. It could be that. I don't know. But anyway, whether the jokes were funny or whether they're, you know, out of date at this point, a lot of this material I created several years ago and haven't particularly updated, but uh, a lot of this stuff is improvised too and is sort of based on what I find in the room and and what's happening at the time. Whether or not those things were legitimately uh, laugh-provoking, one thing happened that that has never happened to me before. in all the times I've done this particular act, uh, at the end of my show, I generally do uh, Shakespeare impressions, which was my my big viral hit, where I do uh, Clarence's Dream from Richard III, and I get a person from the audience come up and give me names off a list, and then I change, change, change all the celebrity names, uh, and do these different voices as I am uh, performing this Shakespeare uh, speech, and and it's always a, always a, a 
a big uh, crowd pleaser and a great way to end and kind of a nice magic trick to do for people and, and usually gets people very, very happy. Uh, I never thought it would be a problem to get a volunteer, <laughs> which is kind of essential to the piece. And tonight, here in Fargo, North Dakota, I had to really uh, cajole and beg and and ask and ask and ask almost like a fundraiser, to get a volunteer to come on stage and just read names off a list. Now, maybe they thought I was going to have them do something more, I don't know, more embarrassing, like you know, teach them how to do a Morgan Freeman impression or something, but I, I sure, certainly didn't say that. And, uh, boy, they were just sitting at 200 people. You'd think out of 200 people there'd be one jackass who couldn't wait to get up on stage especially after, you know, a couple of drinks. And uh, nope, man, they were just, it was like, it was like Mount Rushmore, except a little to the north. And uh, finally, but I, it must have taken two or three minutes of my act just to get a person on stage to help me with the last five minutes of my act. Oh, my Lord. I tell you, that's never happened before. I've had all kinds of different experiences performing live. When I was down in Australia, I dealt with my first really rowdy, heckling kind of fun drunken crowd of effusive people they were probably the opposite of north dakota i'd say adelaide australia probably not the sister city of fargo or if it is it's a sister that nobody talks about and they were they were fun as hell and that's where i had to start I, it was the first time in my life also to in order to adjust to that crowd i had to start dropping a lot of f-bombs which i never do i never use uh, you know, uh, this kind of language on stage. But boy, it was more appropriate to do that than to do what I was doing at the time down in Adelaide at the Cabaret Festival. That was that was a special time. So Fargo, I got I got across to people, but they were, as I say, not uh, demonstrative. And uh, in, in that very unique case, they were not coming up. They were not coming up. They were not really encouraging one another to come up. It took a lot of, of campaigning to get one man, Leon, Good old Leon, God bless him, came up, and then uh, then it went well, and the show ended happily, but a little uh, too soon for me. I had a lot more stuff to to do, but I, you know, it ate up a lot of time. Anyway, it's an adventure, you know. It's uh, performing live. I was listening to uh, Louis C.K. today on a video where he talked about the bravery of George Carlin and what he learned from George Carlin about going out on a limb and and presenting material that made you uncomfortable, you know, private stuff or just, you know, your very personal moments and thoughts and opinions that, uh, you, you you know, we don't normally air in public and which perhaps the people of North Dakota don't even think about in their wildest dreams. And Louis C.K. was very um, uh, compelling and, and persuasive to me is from this idea of, well, you know, you should uh, do as George Carlin did and come up with material and then be free to abandon it and come up with more material and really get a, a constant flow going, which is sort of antithetical to what I understand of the stand-up comedy world and stand-up comics. Uh, please let me know if I'm wrong about this, uh, where you work and work and work to develop a routine that is a surefire routine that has been tested all over the place and which you know will deliver and then do that for a long time. And then maybe after 10 years, 15 years, uh, trade it in or, or update it or trade it out, as Jerry Seinfeld uh, did, 
Uh, but Louis C.K. was like, well, he bit the bullet and he made sense to him. And so he he just started uh, experimenting with saying things that he really felt that he knew were probably not going to be easily accepted or digested by his audience. And that for him was an epiphany. And he has George Carlin to thank for that. So I was looking at that today, and it was stupid to watch it before going and doing my own show, which is completely canned and, and set, more or less, at least, uh, except for the, the seams that join it all together, and and to consider that, well, maybe you know, maybe I need to dump all this stuff and uh, and find new things to do. And he made the point too that it was like it's a bravery point, you know, and and, and I could appreciate that. And then after tonight, <laughs> I'm back to thinking, you know what? It's brave to go on stage with any material that you have because you never know. This audience may be kind of like, yeah, well, let's see what you got there. Uh, oh, I don't think I know that. So what movie was he in? You know, and I, I don't know if they were thinking that or not, but uh, it takes a certain amount of bravery just to present anything. Now, if you want to be brave, like, uh, I don't know, like some kind of crazy warrior and, and only pick fights, uh, so to speak, with an audience or only, you know, challenge them and challenge yourself to say the more daring thing, the more embarrassing thing and keep finding more things like that. I don't know. I, that's not the path I'm on. I, I'm overtly trying to make people have a good time. And I'm afraid if I found a killing routine or a wonderful impression or a comment or something that always made a room full of people laugh, I would be very loath to to discard it. And uh, in fact, I, I, I hope I come up with one soon, tomorrow, you know, to add to the very, the, the handful, the small handful that I do have that I know are reliable and that I know are going to make uh, an audience feel very diverted and very warm and, and happier, or at least sound like they are. So... The odd thing is that I've been off the road for a while. I've only done, this is probably the third show I've done all year, and it's September. Uh, i got another one coming up in uh, in November, but this is not, you know, like a, a steady gig for me. I, I spent all last year doing public speaking, which was partly comedy and part keynote address and impressions, and kind of a, it was a kind of a hybrid of what I do matched with a corporate presentation, speech-making kind of thing. And that was that had its rewards, and then on the other hand, it uh, I, I didn't spend a lot of time developing new material. You know, I just sort of delivered this one thing, which had a it had a kind of a ceiling on it as far as entertainment. It was mainly supposed to be a, a, a keynote address, which is its own kind of animal. So um, this year, I find myself kind of a little bit treading water and uh, um, trying to uh, create things at home, opportunities at home in Los Angeles, and not be in the airport all the time waiting to get on a plane and uh, because it's there's a lot of time wasted there so trying to stay home trying to stay with the family on the other hand though when I do get a call I want to go out and I want to go out with something that's really satisfying for people and really fun so I think what I'm going to do just telling you this don't please don't spread this around I'm going to revamp and uh, modernize at last a bit my uh, impressions live show and put it up in LA for a while See if I can get my wife to find me some dates in uh, at her uh, acting school where they have a nice stage and nice lights and everything, and you know cram some people in there and start trying out new material and uh, start entertaining people, which is what one of my jobs. One of my jobs is to entertain you if I possibly can. That's why I do this podcast, even because people have told me, several people have told me that uh, that it's interesting to hear my point of view. I think people are interested in other points of view in general. I know I am. And I like, 
I like well-expressed points of view. I like uh, interesting points of view. If I may put in a pitch for another podcast, um, it, it's probably to my detriment. You'll probably switch right over there and listen to it. But my friend Stephanie told me about a really terrific podcast uh, that Alec Baldwin gives. And it's called Here's the Thing. Uh, Alec Baldwin interviews people. It's his chance to talk to celebrities and opinion makers, policymakers, uh, people who really have something going on in the world. And, you know, if you can get used to Alec Baldwin's uh, style, which is not that hard, really, because he's, he's a very good interviewer, very interested, uh, he interviews some fantastic people. So it's called Here's the Thing, and you can get it for free. And I've listened to all of them, and I, or many of them, and I think uh, they're always very, very satisfying. He's a good interviewer, and it's a damn good show. Uh, so anyway, as I was saying, what I'm trying to do is make you feel better and uh, clear your mind a little bit, help you step out of whatever troubles or uh, distractions might be pinning you down in any way. And it does the same for me. I enjoy communicating. I love being able to reach out to people and to be heard. Uh, I am uh, you know, a kind of incurable artist, so everything I do has something to do with expressing the very unique point of view that I have you know, developed for myself and fought for and uh, will continue to, to kind of strive towards. So um, anyway, that's why I do what I do. That's why I'm going to keep performing and keep making videos. By the way, if you haven't been to my YouTube channel lately, I've got over 7 million views now. So that's pretty cool. I mean, 7 million views. If I had a buck for every view, wouldn't that be something? <laughs> far from it. Uh, far from it. But it's, you know, it's a great source of, of pleasure for me to create these uh, these interviews. I'm doing these faux interviews. Maybe you've heard one. If you haven't heard one, here's one now. And it's the uh, Jim Eskimen Live Celebrity Podcast, where instead of doing impressions, I take calls from uh, celebrities, and I, I ask them questions or, or, or I answer their questions. You know, it's a free-for-all. Um, and today, today is actually my birthday. Thank you. And I have a celebrity here uh, that wanted to say something to me. Uh, uh, it's one of my favorite performers, really, of all time, uh, the amazing Jack Nicholson. Jack, are you, are you there? I sure am. Uh, listen. Uh, well, how nice, how, how nice of you to call. Well, uh, what can I say? I, uh, I had some time. Yeah. In any case, uh, uh, Jim, I, I wanted to wish you a, a very happy birthday. Well, thanks, thanks very much, Jack. I'm, I'm, I'm honored. You're, uh, you're how old now, or, or how young, I should say? It's uh, less disparaging. Uh, I'm, I'm fifty-seven. 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 Yeah, man. It probably sounds a bit strange to you. It does. It does. It definitely. It's very well. You know what it is? It's it's very unreal. Yeah. Let's see. Jeez. Uh, by the time I was fifty-seven, uh, I think I had two Oscars. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Also, a couple of other nominations. And that Lifetime Achievement Award from AFI. I think I got that that year. And richly, richly deserved, Jack. But, Jim, life is more than just uh, harvesting Oscars and, and collecting tributes. Yes. It's also about uh, commanding a huge salary. Uh, yeah. I kid, I kid. No, no. It's about leaving a good impression wherever you go. 
you know, with your work, uh, with your attitude and uh, stuff like that. You know, making the world a better place. Yes. Have you thought about trying that? I, I, I think I, I, I have. Oh, you I have? I've been trying, anyway. To, uh, to well, then, that's great. Uh, keep up the good work. Uh, I, I will. Some of us are just late bloomers. There's no shame in that. Uh, I guess not. Yeah. Well, uh, have a happy freaking birthday, all right? I will. Thanks for, thanks for calling. Not at all. We're all in this together. Okay, well, that's the, the, the kind of faux uh, celebrity podcast that I'm doing these days. Yes, in case you didn't know, that wasn't, that wasn't really uh, Jack Nicholson. That was, that was me. It was me. It was me being Jack, and I love, I love him so much, you know. I, I'm, I'm grateful that we've never met because he's the kind of... I, the adoration I have for that man could only be diminished by actual personal experience. <laughs> Anyway, and I'm sure he'd feel the same. Uh, so thanks for listening. I appreciate it. Thanks to Jeff Levin for the uh, music. Uh, and uh, thanks to you, as I say, uh, for always uh, being there and for being willing to hear what I have to say. Hey, leave a comment if you like. I don't know if you know how. I, I don't get a lot of comments. Uh, so I, I take it as tacit approval of everything I say and uh, send out to you. But uh, if not, please leave me a comment. Let me know if you have any ideas of something you'd like to hear me talk about in my my career, my life, or, or even my embarrassing personal life. So I can do a kind of a Louis C.K. You know, whever. I'll do whatever you ask for. But first, you got to put down a commentary in the comment box. And don't think outside the box in that case, man. Think inside the box so I can seize it. All right. Thanks a lot. Talk to you soon. Bye-bye. <laughs>